Welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only show that's number one with tidy uppers and mighty mothers. Let's get into it. Big Facts No Cap Big Facts No Cap No Cap Big Facts No Cap All right, we're starting from here. You know what I never understood? Why do you why do people in like cartoons or like old-timey movies need to wet their finger before turning a page in a book? Seems kind of like a gross way to turn a page. I think it's for traction. Uh, have you ever gone to turn a page in a book and been like, well, I can't, I, uh, and it slips out of your hand and the, and the whole book is ruined because it slips into the bowl of soup you were eating? I, I feel like I'm fine without wetting my finger on my tongue. I agree with you, but I have struggled to turn a page before. <laughs> I think that's an experience I've, I've had. Oh, really? You're of weak constitution. It makes sense. No, I just have the electrostatic forces in my atoms are weak, <laughs> but I am of great constitution. <laughs> Uh, honestly you should have spun that as proof that i don't read as much as you no because then you would just Lay counter person. by saying that you're an e-reader oh uh, that's true mm-hmm. damn we've been friends too long <laughs> we don't even need to have the conversation <laughs> <laughs> i already know where it's going i already know where the conversation where i comment on the fact that i like your mustard shirt's going <laughs> it is good though i like that it's good basic yeah 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 it's uh uh, a pro tip from Paul. Uh, they have. Oh wait, actually, never mind. I was gonna say American Apparel sells five dollar like single color block shirts on Amazon, but don't don't buy from Amazon. But they are very nice quality shirts, and they are very cheap, and they they come to your house so quick, within hours. <laughs> within hours. <laughs> within hours, a man comes running to your door. <laughs> It's like the guy who delivers mail at Ocarina of Time. Like, no matter where you are or what you're doing, he comes jogging up behind you. I feel like we usually start the episodes, uh, start with, uh, any interesting stories from the week. Yeah, I'll honestly, open the floor to you, Adrian, because I, nothing um, interesting's ever happened to me. That makes sense. Paul is an NPC <laughs> in his own universe. Yeah, yeah. I identify as a normie. <laughs> um... Whenever people are talking about, like, everyone thinks that they're the own main character in their own story, Paul's like, nah, I'm like one of the secondary characters. (laughs) (laughs) Almost certainly, I acknowledge it. (laughs) (laughs) The perks of being a Paul flower. Exciting stories from this week. Yeah, like, I think I was going to have a media roundup, but I think, honestly, the things that I was going to say during my media roundup aren't media. They are just stories. So one thing that I've been following that I mentioned to Paul that I should explain in greater detail to the audience is that the uh, Squirrel Saga wrapped up. So one of my friends on Facebook, uh, Mark, shout out to him, he found an injured baby squirrel sometime last week and took it home to take care of. And so he's updated multiple times per day with like stories of like how it's doing, how well it's feeding, how much it's sleeping. Um, Very cute. He named the squirrel Rasputin. Um, He knew he couldn't keep it as a full time pet. I don't know why I said that. That sounds weird. He, he knew he couldn't keep it as a pet because he didn't have anywhere to give it to someone else who's trained to take care of it whenever he goes on vacation, I think was his rationale. So he was like, you know, doing the classic, like raising it back up to a good condition and then giving it to a like a wilderness center or whatever. And so uh, after some very cute photos of him being bottle fed the last few days and him being very playful and some videos of that um Rasputin was returned or not returned but given to a wildlife center to complete his rehabilitation today 
So shout out to him. That's awesome. Yeah, very adorable. Um, and then wait, are are we? Have you already set a timer on your phone so that it goes off in five years where you get a reminder, and then you can take your friend to that wilderness center, and they, it could be that thing where he like recognizes him and Rasputin runs up and like runs up his body and sits on his shoulder, and it's like. And then the video title says, like, he remembers him or whatever pans over the screen. That is beautiful. Um, y- yeah, so I'm sure many people have set the timer. Okay, today. okay. I just want to um, make sure that obviously viral content doesn't go unmonetized and unrecorded. I think for a squirrel, we're setting it like one, two years. I don't think we're setting that five years in the future. I'm also just thinking about what if that had happened to Phil, because uh, he mentioned to me once that the campus squirrels were way too, like, used to being around humans and they really scared him and i just thought that was so funny <laughs> so that would be like a nightmare scenario for phil to have like a squirrel too familiarly running up to him <laughs> uh yeah and the other thing is that uh i'm still early enough in my career that when i wake up in the morning to uh, an alert that i got a new citation it's still exciting news for me so i got a new citation on my paper which was very nice nice uh little research group out of, out of China. And unlike the other citation from last week, it wasn't negative. It was very positive. And in fact, it was uh, very much like a um, one of the main reasons we did this study is to follow up on the work of Perez and Johnson 2019. And I was like, oh, nice. Nice. Uh, look, at, look at me actually making an impact with my shitty ass work. Shout out to Adrian making, making an impact in a completely unconsequential field behavioral ecology might as well be poopy buttholes that you're researching hey behavioral ecology and sociobiology is the uh journal that nice it's nice i'm joking i'm very proud of adrian you know we, you know we love to hear it folks we love to see a brown man succeed am i right people brown excellence doesn't have the same ring to it mocha excellence let's be honest <laughs> Yeah, and those are the only things that have happened to me this week. I think uh, it's been a it's been a bit of a blur. I've been getting like back to work, like going into lab every day and doing bullshit. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've uh, you've you've been calling me on your way to uh, lab, and I know you have like a certain frustration with uh, with people parking to go to a garden center near your lab and thinking that they're allowed to park. They have the audacity to park near your window. No, that's not the issue. You're misrepresenting <laughs> me. <laughs> You're doing an Amelia right now. No. What I do not like is that on the weekends when there are like very few other cars at the research center and there's a lot of open spaces, people will see my car there and think that that's where they're supposed to park to go to the honeybee garden. Okay. And so they do that. And when they do that and park in front of my building, they always think that my building is somehow a part of the general festivities. Uh, even though it has clear signs saying like research area, do not come, do not approach. Uh, what What is a honeybee garden? That does sound delightful. Is it just like a not bunch of nice flowers that you can see them pollinate and get some nice like photos of the honeybees? And yeah, it's very cute. It's where I take all of my photos of like honeybees and bumblebees and carpenter bees. And it's, it's a pollinator garden, not just a honeybee garden. It is very nice. We have a, like a full time staff that takes care of it. I think we lost our funding for it last year. So I don't know who's taking care of it now. Um, but it's just a bunch of nice uh, plants. And all of the produce that gets made there uh, gets donated to our local food shelter. Squash, zucchini, tomatoes, uh, kumquats, pomegranates. A lot of pollinating plants, because they flower, do have, like, fruits and stuff, too, then, right? I guess, like... They do be doing that. Yeah, they do be having fruits. They do be doing... (laughs) Angiosperms do be evolving co-evolutionarily with pollinators and bees. (laughs) Damn. That's... That's... That's how I was gonna put it. That was on the tip of my (laughs) tongue. Really, Adrian, can you just give me a chance to finish a sentence, brother? 
I apologize. Apologize. I'm taking those words right <laughs> out your mouth. <laughs> no, I was gonna say all types of smart. Um, no, it's pretty small, so it's like it takes like ten minutes to walk through, but it's definitely worth worth like walking through multiple times to see what you can see. Um, it'd be like a nice date spot, I bet. I've never tried to do that before. It's more of like a it's where I go to take work calls type thing, but. Uh, that seems like rudely time. on home territory to take a date there. You know what I mean? Like you gotta. You know, I've told you my theory that I like to be an, on a home field advantage. <laughs> You've told me your theory, and I kind of disagree with it. It feels almost. It feels rude. It feels like you're stacking the deck in a way. It feels like you're trying. Honestly, Adrian is problematic. You're trying to stack the deck so the power <laughs> dynamic is out of whack. Paul's like, and this is why I go to the nearest Korea town. I don't even speak the language. I try and be buddy buddy with everyone there. And when they start calling me Gaijin in Little Tokyo, <laughs> that's where I like to have that's, my dates. That's the perfect date spot because there's no power imbalance. Mm, okay. Well, how very unproblematic of Paul. Yep, 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 yep. And I would like to apologize for what I said earlier. You know, we're very proud of you and your work in behavioral ecology. I think you already apologized. <laughs> That's when we got into the brown excellence territory. <laughs> and I don't really have anything from this week. So do you want to jump into the topic or, you know, I'm... I want to very explicitly state to all of our listeners as well as Paul, if you guys want to do what my sister does and argue a point that you think is right, that you don't know what I have an opinion on, but say, well, my brother studies animal behavior. I bet that's what he <laughs> thinks. And use that as a uh, talking point. Feel free to do that. It's very I've funny. definitely done that thing a few episodes ago where I tried to explain what you explained to me about uh, about honeybees, oh, yeah, where yeah. I've tried to explain it to other people. I'm like, my friend told me about this. He's like a bee person <laughs> or something. Like, he knows all <laughs> sorts of shit about bees, and he told me this is how it is. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the specific thing that happened most recently, although it's happened more egregiously before, was uh, after our crate debate, Dorley agrees with me about not liking dogs being in crates, but Zach sees the utility of it. And so he asked me about it, and I was like, oh, that's like an emotional argument. I just don't like seeing them in crates. I don't know the science behind any of it. And he was like, because Dorley was like, I'm sure Adrian studied it in the class. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, she thinks in your biology classes, they're just like, also dog. Great. <laughs> I mean, there are people in our field who study domestic dogs, but, like, they're kind of the laughingstocks of the field. <laughs> At least I think they should be. God, I'm blanking on such a common English word. It's that Russian scientist name also, who did the dog research with the saliva. What is that? The oh, Pavlov. Pavlovian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, so you don't respect Dr. Pavlov's work just because it's no, with no, dogs? No, no, he did cool stuff. He did cool stuff. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, we can do that thing that it's a weird... Um, Thing that I think only Paul and I do as a joint um, hobby, which is going through people's Google Scholar profiles <laughs> and reading the titles of their papers and making fun of them. <laughs> which is such low stakes for me because nobody could do that for me because I'm not smart enough to be <laughs> writing any papers for, to be published. very easily do that for me. <laughs> Whereas somebody could really uh, turn that back around on you. Well, luckily... See, this is where I get people is I put all of the effort into the titles, not into the content. So if you're just going through my Google Scholar page, no, but, it sounds But smart. your research isn't bullshit, you know what I mean? Like, it, 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 or there's nothing immediately funny about it. We do it for people whose research is like, what was the one? It was like the, the, the hero versus the angel versus a demon dynamic and policing and police attitudes. The mentality, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> bullshit like that. I don't think you're really in danger of, of <laughs> writing a title like that, working in behavioral ecology. Reading the abstract, it, reading the abstract, it turns out when policemen don't think that they're warriors from God, they kill people less. <laughs> oh my God, there's so much bullshit research out there.
Shout out to Dr. Jordan Peterson. Oh, going on Mao Zedong over here. <laughs> uh, me, I'm, I'm about to go Pol Pot. I'm going to rip off my glasses. <laughs> Any of you learning ass bitches wearing glasses, I'm coming for you next. <laughs> um... All right, yeah. Follow any stories from your end. Nothing, nothing to tell. Nothing funny. Ah, uh, no, not really. Get to the theme. Yeah, let's get to the theme. Let's talk about it. How, how messy? How messy is your house today? It's not great. Not great. I'll tell you what. We're loading up the dishwasher later. You know. Um, also, one of our friends is visiting from Germany later, and one of the things that he asked is if we'd be willing to take packages for him because um, he had a couple to send. And uh, currently, our living room is half boxes from REI and Amazon. And um, yeah, I don't know. The The house is in disarray right now, so we definitely could do some spring cleaning. Which is the theme of this episode. Spring cleaning. I'm going to assume your family was not corny and white enough to actually do a spring cleaning. Mine wasn't. No, we did do Sunday fun days, but we did not do spring cleaning. <laughs> we did have a chore wheel, but we didn't do spring cleaning. <laughs> you know what I did do, and maybe it's the closest thing to spring cleaning, and it's something I continue to do as an adult. Um, every, like, three or four or five or six months depending on how busy I am during that time, I do like to just go ahead and rearrange my entire room. Mm. Interesting. Usually it, usually it fucks up the feng shui because I usually have a pretty good intuition of like when I first move into a room, how it should look. Um, but I usually still like to try it, try it around to see what, see what happens. I think I would do that as a kid because, you know, life as a child was so goddamn boring that you had to do something mm. with your time. But I, I, I've definitely stopped that now. <laughs> you had to find a way to fill the yeah. hours. <laughs> I think I I think people forget that when they're super nostalgic about childhood, how many like how much of it was kind of boring, especially before the internet, when it was like golf on TV on Sunday, <laughs> just like what the fuck. Before uh, Childish Gambino dropped before the internet, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was no good music to listen to <laughs> or spec scripts to read. <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, I enjoy it as an adult. For some reason, it's it, it just kind of revitalizes everything, and it is a good time for spring cleaning of like it's probably the only time i take every single book off my bookshelf and dust them off and then mm. put them back so in terms of spring cleaning it's good for that i'll do a quick media roundup before we jump into the columns just finished reading the jakarta method which is a good read it's great it's about the cia it kind of is a roundup of a lot of different coups and crazy shit the cia got into mostly obviously uh, concentrating on Jakarta, Indonesia in the 60s. It's a it's a good read. It's an overview of what happened in Indonesia, and then it kind of uses that as a framework for what lessons the CIA took into other into other endeavors moving forward. Basically, they learned from their failures in Guatemala, and they took those lessons into doing something successful in Jakarta, and then they took those lessons even further in the future. They were also successful in Guatemala. Yeah, but I mean, eventually, mean? but it was bad PR, as in the whole world basically decided that uh, they were bad. And then it ended up being right. It was like Guatemala was in a civil war within a decade anyway, so it wasn't like a lasting victory. Whereas what happened in Indonesia um, was really like a lasting victory. I was about to say, I am reading a very similar book right now, so that's interesting. What book? Well, I guess not interesting. We have very overlapping interests. Uh, Vijay Prashad's book, uh, the Washington Bullets book. Uh, which is literally like the the subtitle is like CIA coups and assassinations across the world. Okay, yeah, I would recommend um, the Jakarta so like method. A, it's a it's a good read. 
Alrighty, do you want to jump so into the So doing a little spring cleaning of democratically elected leaders, oh, am I right? <laughs> I, for one, think Arbenz was, uh, he was a little bit dirty, a little bit corrupt, and maybe the CIA was doing something good by, uh, you know, bombing the shit out of Guatemala. Arbenz, more like Arbenz to the will of communists, am I right? <laughs> That's kind of good. I bet you somebody said that at the water cooler in Langley at some point. <laughs> that was thrown around definitely as part of the procedure, part of the like misinformation campaign. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, yeah, are we, are we going into articles or is there anything else you want to say about spring cleaning? No, you know, we really, it's not a theme that lends itself to a lot of discussion. Um cool all right uh paul do you want to go first or second mine is from a column we've brought in in the past urban diplomat in toronto life magazine and i'll go ahead and say this isn't like it's not the goofiest craziest situation but i picked it because it fits the theme this urban diplomat question it's from really recent it's from march 13th 2021 and it's dear urban diplomat is my landlord allowed to store junk in my backyard dear urban diplomat Recently, my landlord said he was doing some spring cleaning and that he would be moving some things onto our property. So far, he's left a big, ugly couch on the porch, an old barbecue in the backyard, and several rickety bikes in the basement. He told us to use anything we want, as if he's doing us a favor. Needless to say, we don't want any of this stuff in our space. I get that it's his property, but we're paying to be there. Can I tell him to get rid of his junk? Sign Storage Wars. That's a straightforward question. You know what? I gotta say check the lease check the lease check the lease i think the landlord needs to check his attitude Ooh. the most humorous part of this question is definitely the uh, use anything you want i've left a pile I like I, i've left a pile of old used toilet paper go ahead and use it if you want to like i mean what is it and like a moldy couch a moldy and couch then, and like bikes rickety, and rickety bikes the rickety bikes, <laughs> the rickety bikes sound kind of fun <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. You think they should do what young Paul and Adrian did and buy some PVC pipe with some pool noodles and joust on the rickety bikes? I think that sounds pretty fire. <laughs> um, what? Wait, what? Can you name the other? Uh, the only other to? thing was a rusty, unusable barbecue. That seems like they're complaining a lot. It seems like they're trying to make it seem like there's no way to restore that barbecue. I might have added to this to, to that uh, verbiage. Let me see what they actually called it. Uh, an old barbecue. That sounds honestly like a, such a fun time. <laughs> Like, fire up that barbecue, get some burgers and brews going, joust with your friends on rickety bikes, do some bike polo, and then fucking sit on that couch and have some brews. You think they're being way too negative? You think that their next sentence was going to be it? He left, like, all this, like, he left all this, like, like, weed, but it was mids? You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think so, yeah. They would be the kind to complain. They'd be like, he's like, hey, I found, like, six cases of Coors Light in the uh, basement or whatever. Feel free to have it. And they're like, it's out of date by seven years. <laughs> um, no, I think this, this sounds like a military surplus from the Korean War. We're not drinking this. <laughs> I th I think if um the, if the people living there were the workaholics dudes, this would be a really fun episode. Okay, okay. That's all I'm saying is that I think they need to have more of a Phineas and Ferb. Uh, I can turn anything to an adventure outlook. Uh, cause like really like, I mean, I don't know how much space are a couple bikes and a grill taken up. You know what I mean? Dude, uh, something we haven't talked about, but very much in the Paul and Adrian friendship lore, you know, one of the funniest episodes from season one with, uh, with Chris Delia playing the pedophile has been taken <laughs> off, taken off streaming because obviously that really? hits, 
too close to home now that he has been outed as a pedophile in real life. So I guess they've taken out everything from his you appearance as a pedophile as well then i don't know what that is use a netflix show it's current right now but yeah he plays a pedophile in that show as well damn you know i don't know if i don't know how he's represented or portrayed in that one but certainly the workaholics episode where the the gist is he's a pedophile but he's really cool so we want to keep hanging out with him (laughs) is probably not a good look yeah i can see why they took that one down yeah yeah oh but it was it was a really good episode it sucks that it has to be him episode Yeah. yeah It, well, it sucks. He had to be a shitty person. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to the workaholics boy. That show is like I think one of the things where people like look back on it as something you're supposed to think is cringy to enjoy. And I'm I'm like nah, I don't I don't really look back at it as something that was cringy to enjoy. It was kind of tight. Uh, I haven't gone back to it, but I'm sure it's great. And I have not watched the movie they came out with afterwards. But I think Paul and I have briefly talked about how I've followed their careers. With the same kind of interest that I take in following Key and Peele's careers and seeing how they diverge as people after on their <laughs> mm-hmm. own career path. Mm-hmm. Of like, why is it that Key gets so many commercials, but Peele gets to direct? What's going on there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're both doing well for themselves, but you do you do wonder how they wanted to be viewed in, in the popular sphere, mm-hmm. what they were trying to uh, cultivate as their image. But anyway, this landlord who's leaving dirty ass shit in their house. Oh, yeah, I guess number one, Paul and I taking the side of the landlord you signed a contract buddy well that's why they gotta check the contract so i gotta check contract. <laughs> i almost said that. i'm not i'm not like not to be one of those people who always like goes to the extreme as a hypothetical in an argument i'm not gonna be like what if he left hitler in their house or something what if he left the holocaust <laughs> in their house <laughs> feel free to use him as much as you want <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, there has to be something that would be inappropriately large where it would justifiably be, like, unacceptable. Like, you can't leave, like, I don't know. You can't take up their whole kitchen and leave ten stoves in there. Yeah. There I has mean, to be something that would be so intrusive. It has to be breaking the lease. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think the actual solution is that, like, if it's actually bothering you guys, you should be you should have some kind of recourse to, like, demand that he, like, sends it to a storage facility and pay for that instead of, um leaving it there or you could use it as like a focal point for starting to like you know knock money off your rent or whatever the only thing i would say is in almost any situation you're in the right unless you're about to leave or move out in a month or two in which case i would probably if if he's been a good landlord otherwise and you have a chill like relationship and you're gonna leave in two months i would be like okay i get why he doesn't want to have to move this twice once to a moving facility and once back here like i'll just take the hit to having a little bit less space because you know you've been a fine landlord but if if you're gonna be living there for like half a year or something yeah get him to move that shit duct tape the bicycles onto the side of the couch that way you can move it more readily and then make it into like a a a, a street vehicle a street legal vehicle Mm. with a grill in the middle Mm. where you can cook while your friends sit on a couch that is powered by bicycles going down the street and again i'm just trying to say have fun with it i I like that so build like a mech build like a yeah build a gundam out of all the things (laughs) he's left and ride it to his house and blast the grill at him or whatever it becomes the missile part of the gundam just drawing the schematic now where can i put the gn particle accelerator Yeah, maybe I'm being more whimsical than I should be about it. I guess this is a concrete dispute between the person who you're renting. You're right. That is what this podcast is about. Uh, We should just give very technically (laughs) accurate solutions. Check the contract. 
So wait, did he? So they established that he wants that stored to use that for later, and they can't just throw it away. He did say use whatever you want. Does that mean they could use it? Yeah, could that not mean they could just like put it on a yard sale or like <laughs> try and make some money, like a quick like ten bucks off of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I feel because at that point it's just a consignment store. <laughs> I feel like they feel they probably don't feel like they have the permission to do that but maybe maybe that's an option that's probably what you would that would be like the petty avenue to take if it like ends up being an actual thing when you try and bring it up that you want him to take away that stuff mm. put a for sale sign on the house <laughs> sell his house yeah also definitely check for a dead body on that couch just in case or maybe there's cash or drugs in there now that's the beginning of an exciting story mm. the beginning or the end you think they're gonna get murdered for for the drug money they steal from him no, 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 no. I think they'd probably be fine. I think they would just smoke it and that would be the end of it. Assuming it's, you know, depending on what drug it is. Find a free couch on the street whenever you can and bring it to his house and leave it on his porch <laughs> and tell him you're just leaving it there for a bit. Move the couch two inches to the left so when he comes back to your house, he's like, what? <laughs> and he's kind of confused. <laughs> he like misses the doorknob because he's using the couch as his <laughs> spatial reference for where to be. <laughs> Yeah, not a lot of goofy hijink avenues with this question. <laughs> I mean, I think we already hit, hit I mean, the Gundam, so that's... The workaholics would know how to do the, it. The workaholics would do it right. They would invite over everybody else from the call center. They would, uh, they would be... Anders would turn the bike into a bong or something cool. That's what Blake would Blake. do. Anders would you're do right, that. you're right. Anders would do some science shit with the... <laughs> with the grill. <laughs> And Adam and Adam would, uh, you know, hang out on the couch. That's his thing. <laughs> no, he would. He would try and figure out how to fuck that couch. He, he would joust on the bike. Okay, we're writing our spec oh, script. Yeah, sure. We're writing our spec script. Okay. Adam would be jousting on the bike. Anders. Blake turns the uh, the grill into a bong. <laughs> Blake turns the grill into a bong, and Anders does some nerd ass shit off in his own B plot. That's how you write scripts, right? You just, <laughs> you can be very broad yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. And then Jillian says something funny around this part of the script. <laughs> and then she's like, you guys can't do that. But also, I kind of want to be in on it. <laughs> <laughs> you got her character down to a T. I feel like you don't really know Andre's character, but you got her character down to a T. <laughs> and then the mean manager lady comes and ruins it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is what the writer's room's like. Where's our goddamn craft services? <laughs> Do a Hannibal Burris and start writing your rent checks for one penny less than what your actual <laughs> rent's worth. <laughs> that is a tight move. That's awesome. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into the answer on this one. According to the Landlord and Tenant Act, landlords can't substantially interfere with a tenant's reasonable enjoyment of their living space. First, voice your discomfort with the landlord. If he keeps treating your rental like the set of Sanford and Son, file a complaint with the Landlord and Tenant Board, which will ultimately- oh, it seems racially charged. <laughs> Much like this podcast, this answer seems racially charged. <laughs> <laughs> which will ultimately determine what constitutes reasonable enjoyment. Is that it? Yeah. Do you want to riff on this idea that they can't stop you from reasonably enjoying <laughs> your space? <laughs> like, what a weird, like, legalese term to use that you have to, like, it's a standard that you have to prove. What what's on that boundary? I want to know if you were the judge yeah, in yeah. the case, what you would uh say does or does not count as uh blocking my reasonable enjoyment. Showing up not too late, but l past some people's bedtime, like ten forty five with Taco Bell every Wednesday night, just wanting to hang out. If your landlord for Taco Wednesday, yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if your if your landlord did that every Wednesday night at ten forty five, 
do you think that that would be determined as constituting impeding on somebody's reasonable enjoyment of the apartment legally? No, that, that sounds tight. I really like that. <laughs> okay, okay. So the judge but is saying I, you can't you can't stop them. I do like the idea of a roommate who wants to be your friend, almost like in a drug dealer way, where like <laughs> you still have to like give your check off by person, and every time you do, he's like, "So what are you doing like this, later this week? You, you want to hang out or something?" <laughs> Reasonable enjoyment, leaving a aquarium-sized 40-gallon uh, tank of tropical fish in the middle of your living room. Nah, that seems like a perk. That's like giving me furniture. Oh, so you're saying that's like in the description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sell that mm. with the apartment. And if you don't, that's just like, that's just a happy coincidence. Mm. For all ichthyologist enthusiasts, this one's for you. There's no laundry on site. And the stove doesn't work, but... You don't own this part of the backyard, but it's adjacent to your property. There's an empty lot that your landlord likes to come do donuts on. <laughs> Not break it on your reasonable enjoyment? Honestly, I think the fact that we have someone who comes to leaf blow every Wednesday annoys me way more than that would. Dude, yeah, that was a big problem for me and uh, Ben in our last spot was uh, Harris Teeter, shout out to those bitches, would have people come do yard work at midnight. I guess they didn't want to do it when customers were there. That's so at insane. midnight, there would be people like trimming the like little like, you know, like the grass areas between parking structures and whatnot and like doing leaf blowing. And he tweeted at them multiple times to try to get them to stop. Yeah, no, um, it's so, so it, what's weird for us is I I could have sworn I heard something recently, like six months ago, that the city of Davis, because of climate change action, decided to stop allowing leaf blowers in the city limits for whatever reason every like wednesday morning i wake up to the sound of fucking uh leaf blowers and it's uh like i don't i don't know i don't really check the um the scenery of my apartment complex is not what drew me to it so are you ready for my call paul i was born ready all right so i am bringing in the second biggest savage in the advice column game sierra savage so let me read um, the uh, bio for this really quick. This is Sierra Savage. Um, so this is from the publication The State Hornet, uh, which is the publication for Sacramento State College, um, which is the uh, community college uh, right near where I used to live in Sacramento, actually. It was like a five-minute drive down the street. Did you ever think of trying to get like a professorship there as like teaching undergrad biology? I guess you wouldn't be a professor because you didn't have your PhD yet, a teacher position. You thought I was trying to do that as like a side hustle? Yeah. No, but that is kind of my main hustle idea for later on is... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I'll get like Teach a, at a community, community college. college yeah. Biology course. I could see that for you. In a few years, I could be teaching Sierra, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, either a community college or an HBCU. I actually don't know how hard it is to get into one versus the others. Um, So... Here is her about me. She doesn't really have a very like succinct about me. She has this really long introduction article where she like describes one of her crazy sex stories. So Sierra Savage's thing is that she does all romantic advice. And um, her first uh, like introduction column was like, a, hey, you know, <laughs> I've been around the block. So you should believe me when I give you my uh, my advice. And so this is her description of herself at the very end of that. My name is Sierra Savage. I'm the person who delivers these newspapers, but does none of the writing until now. I've been at Sac State for long enough to know that this campus is way too uptight when it comes to expressing ourselves and our curiosities. For example, who are the people not picking up free condoms at the Flagel Blast? 
I'm also on what I believe to be a pivotal emotional journey this year with my New Year's resolution to not be such a bitch in full swing. Don't worry though, I'm still brutally honest. In the past year, I've broken up with a I've broken up with and gotten back together with a guy I've been seeing for two and a half years, only to break up again three months later. It gave me a lot of clarity as to how to be a better person and a better friend, which is what I think giving advice is all about. I have a comprehensive journal of all of my sexual encounters since I lost my virginity in 2014, containing such entries as I cummed, emo Xmas card, accident anal slash first time, looked like Evan on Tinder, but Luis in real life, short enduring Parks and Rec, 4th of July breakdown, and had to check ID. Paul, any uh, thoughts on this? The combination of what she chose, because it was supposed to show that she's like quirky and open-minded, was just, it was interesting to see what she thought proved her point about being open-minded and quirky. <laughs> it's more about being experienced, Paul. It was, a delve- it was definitely a delve into her psychology. I am a staunch feminist, an LGBTQIA ally, and have spent $70 on sex toys this semester alone. My friends gave me the nickname Tinderella. Okay, quality over quantity. That is definitely like, I don't, $70, it makes me feel like you're buying bad sex toys, so you need to keep buying more. Damn, I think you Paul, need to find... poor shaming this college student <laughs> I can't with fly, their I choice fly, of fly. sex toys. <laughs> I'm sorry you can't get the golden-plated dildo I use. <laughs> Um, I wouldn't be caught dead with a Hitachi wand. (laughs) (laughs) My friends gave me the nickname Tinderella. When a friend asked me this summer if she should quit sleeping with white boys, I said, let them into your pants, but not your heart. What I'm saying is I have the experience to back up my sometimes unconventional advice. So please, give me the questions you can't ask anyone else. Let's chat about the tea. I'm your new favorite confidant. And this is Sierra's Spicy Takes. Okay. Okay. Damn. Damn. She's uh, she's coming in strong. It's not coming in like she's not pulling punches. You know what I mean? It's not coming in with a like. There's no qualifiers. Nah, bruh. This is no holds barred. She's coming in with the spunk, full force. This ain't for them soy boys. She's got the real takes, and if you don't like it, you're free to go somewhere else. That's true. That's true. All right, so this is the actual column. It always starts with reader be advised. Sierra's spicy takes is, as the kids might say, not safe for work. Read at your own discretion. And here we go. Everyone is special in their own way, but sometimes two questions are so similar that it would be silly to answer them both individually. This week, we bring you the hygiene double whammy. Oh, okay, hygiene. There we go. I was going to say, I am so curious to see how Sierra's spicy takes folds into, folds into spring cleaning. Oh, wait, I guess, so I guess my, um, yes. So as you identified, there's hygiene in the theme, and sometimes spring cleaning isn't about cleaning your environment. It's about cleaning yourself a little bit. Oh, God, please be, please be more spiritual and... <laughs> please be and spiritual mental. or ethnic cleansing. <laughs> Please be spiritual, <laughs> mental, or ethnic cleansing, and not what I think they're going to be cleaning. God, please. Question number one. I love my coworkers, and they're genuinely really nice people and funny people. But how do I politely tell them that their breath stinks? Not just they ate something bad kind of stink. More like they haven't brushed their teeth. Oh. In- uh- Wait, I really hope that she specifies whether she's using their as gender neutral or if she has multiple co-workers who have bad breath, because that's crazy. <laughs> she she just works at the place where multiple people have bad breath. 
I think based on the first part of the first sentence, it's co-workers, yeah. Oh, so it is multiple people. That's yeah. wild. Not just they ate something bad kind of stink. More like they haven't brushed their teeth in a couple days kind of stink. I try to carry around mints or gum for them, but I don't always, but I don't do you always. Think she, do you think this person works at the behavioral ecology department? That's not a department anywhere, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think this person works in the uh, software development and research? Damn, God, we made it almost 45 episodes before Adrian mocked me for my list. That was wild. <laughs> he really, he broke, he broke that seal. Was that a good impression of your list? I was not going for that. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on, let me go for a better one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not just they ate something bad kind of stink. More like they haven't brushed their teeth in a couple of days kind of stink. I try to carry around mints or gum for them, but I don't always, or they don't take the offer. I personally feel that since they're adults, they should be taking care of their own hygiene, but they're not, and my nose can only handle so much. Signed, Smelly Nelly. Question mm. two. We're going to get both before we get into it. Question two. How do I tell my best friend that she reeks of B.O.? Whenever I go to her house or hang out with her, she smells like onions, and it's so potent that other people make comments when we go out. I always have a little travel bottle of perfume or lotion in my bag, and when she asks to use it, I gladly let her. And even though she has perfume and I've seen them, she doesn't use them. She's not allergic to them, she just doesn't use them. I just don't understand how she doesn't notice how bad she smells. How do I approach her about this, or should I just keep my mouth shut and stick with buying her perfume, body wash, lotions for Christmas? Sensitive nose Sally. The second one is definitely not as real a problem as the, or the second one, she doesn't seem to have a grasp on perfume is supposed to be like a thing people use rarely to smell better on special occasions. It's not supposed to hide your natural body odor that's reeking out of you. You're just going to smell like perfume mixed with body odor if you don't just smell clean. Paul, I already. think that's a recency bias. I don't think you understand the original use of perfume. Oh, okay. Okay. My bad. My bad. Is that really what it was invented for, was to not shower? I mean, you have to imagine that perfume was literally invented because everyone stank in, like, the medieval ages or, like, in ancient Egypt, and they were like, we gotta do something about this. Sure. I don't think the solution to somebody smelling bad is to offer them Axe body spray. I think it's to tell them to wash up. And you would say that to a friend? Yeah, sure. I would tell them that the local football team's going to be shut down if they don't make $500 by tomorrow and we have to do a car wash where we get really so full body car wash where you guys really press your breasts up against the windows. That's a good idea. And that's how I would get them to get clean. And then I'm assuming that all of these are like a one time, once they realize how they smell, once they're clean, they'll forever be like, oh, I should do this more often. Are we going to go back to this person's working with multiple people with bad breath in the first example? That's so odd. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's that about. Maybe it's like they're working in an office with like people who just got out of high school or something or people who don't like have never had to take care of themselves or I don't know how you get multiple of those. Yeah, at a certain point, maybe being tiptoeing around it is almost more embarrassing for the person than at a certain point just making it a joke. I don't know if that's just my well, ethos, well, but that's the thing about it is like how unself aware are these people that they get offered gum by the same person all the time 
in like an eager way and they're like i guess that's just what she she's the gum girl she's the gg i'm going around to other people being like you know about the gum girl and they're like no she doesn't offer me gum anytime. <laughs> you're like yeah, i guess you just into me i'm gonna go talk to her a little bit more <laughs> she must be into me does the thing where he sprays like a thing in his mouth but it's not to actually make it smell better it's just <laughs> you know that old saying which is like if you smell shit walking down the street it's because you walked by some shit if you smell shit everywhere you go it's because there's shit on your shoes mm-hmm. I, is I this a case is this a case of her having bad bl and mistaking it for everybody's breath everywhere she goes and she is she potentially the problem here i just don't understand the situation where everyone she works with has bad breath well again you're you're overstating <laughs> Also, mm-hmm. I feel like this problem fixed its, fixed itself during COVID because everybody just had to start smelling their own breath instead of they're wearing a mask. Yeah, yeah, that was a big part of. Uh, I think multiple gum commercials had the whole like mask breath. It's real. <laughs> Get yourself in orbit. All right, advice for the friend, advice for the coworkers, advice for the people. Um, I mean, I think the friend one is qualitatively different because you should be able to talk to your friends about stuff like that. Like you it's going to help her entire to your life. Friend. Or you should be able to subtly, or you should be able to subtly influence them by playing Axe commercials. You're not doing a uh, Pavlov thing or whatever, where like every time they accept having some lotion or something to cover up the smell, you give them a little head pat. <laughs> that is a good reward for for humans. A little head pat, Nia. <laughs> well, you can't give them a treat because then that defeats the purpose. You can't give them like a little chocolate when you give them like a. <laughs> piece of gum i guess i guess these are two different problems right so the, yeah, the yeah. you can give them a little like uh skittle every time you like they like take some perfume also maybe you could give them some pretty good tasting gum get it all done in one mm. but the problem is their bo not their breath yeah th- that's what i was saying is that there are two separate problems so you can, you kind of can get it done with the uh operant conditioning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man doc dr pavlov has really been the hero of this episode all right, anything to say about the fundamental difference between trying to do this with coworkers versus a friend? Ugh. Nah. I feel like my coworkers are so my friends are my friends, right? But my coworkers, that's my family. <laughs> so I can tell them anything, you know? Well, I don't I don't really feel like that really except for when I worked at an Olive Garden in high school and then in that case, <laughs> my coworkers were my family, but Right. I'm good to hear the answer if you are. Are you ready for Sierra's spicy take? Yes, I am. How is she going to really bring in the fact that she was uh, accidentally fucked in the butt into this answer? How is that going to play into this answer, the accidental anal from her bio? Hey, what makes your breath stink worse than a little ass to mouth? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh... A weird but fun fact about me is I don't have a sense of smell. Oh shit, she got corona, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what is this date? And this date is like March 2020. These, no, this, these are all like 2016. <laughs> okay. Um, so I find it a little hard to personally relate to these questions in the typical way. I was raised by a loving but erratic mom who didn't always have t- the time or money to make sure that my siblings and I were the cleanest. We were smart and fed, but sometimes you just have to settle for two or out of for two out of three. Or at least my mom did. 
These bad habits have plagued me well into my teenage years and are honestly still a struggle for me sometimes. I shower most days, but I didn't always, and if I'm having a rough time with my mental health, my hygiene always goes first. I can't smell myself, so it goes to the bottom of my priority list when I'm struggling to get out of bed and to make it through the day. It's my absolute worst habit, and if I could pay to just make it go away with no effort, I would. But life just isn't that easy, though, and humans are habitual creatures. Plus, there's really no nice way to tell somebody that they smell bad or have rank breath. Nobody is trying to smell bad and be gross. I can only assume your friends and coworkers aren't the first. Your feelings are valid, but there are a lot of reasons that someone might struggle with hygiene. My best advice is to support your friends and coworkers in whatever way you can. If you think that your best friend could use support in other areas of her life that may be contributing to her problems, I would suggest trying to help and see if that improves the situation. If it doesn't, I would have a loving conversation where you let her know the problem and offer her some solutions that you can help her with. Going shopping for new shower stuff, creating a creating a morning routine board, or even just helping her come up with rewards with a reward system for herself. In the case of your coworkers, I would mention something vaguely to your boss or manager so they can make a general announcement. That puts all the rude vibes on your manager so they can still be cool with so that you can still be cool with your coworkers. I don't think there's a huge need to call someone out specifically in those kind of situations. It'll only create a weird work environment and no one wants that. Good luck to you both. Okay. I agreed with all of that. That was pretty well written. I this part I don't really disagree with, but I do have just a general like like uh what was the part where she said you can turn it into a fun game for her to shower? <laughs> Could you reread that portion? Um, and offer some solutions that help her with it, like going shopping for new shower stuff, creating a morning routine board, or even just helping her come up, come up with a reward system for herself. Uh, that That is the Pavlov, but ju that's just a self-Pavlov, Paul. That's just a self-Pavlov. You're right, but I just it bums me out that... It just feels like one of those self-help books that bums me out to know people need it. Instead of just, like, showering for the sake of showering to smell good for others, you need to create a reward system to incentivize yourself to do it. I know it helps So your some motivation people. should be externalized and not internalized, Paul? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. Give me whatever woke language you want. I understand some people, like, that type of stuff is really helpful for them, and gamifying their life is helpful, but... Boy, does it just, like, give me a pit in my stomach that this has become a thing a lot of people turn to to live functioning regular lives. It just, it feels dark, and I don't, I don't know if I've thought it through enough to really, like, confidently make any assertions about it. The world is it. dark, Paul. Yeah, I don't want to make any confident assertions, and I'm definitely not saying those people are wrong or bad people, but it's just, it make, it bums me out. It makes me sad. So you're saying that just because I need my tooth tunes which plays a two-minute song continuously if I keep brushing, and that that's the way that I reward myself to brush my teeth, that I'm not a good person, Paul? You're right. You understood exactly what I meant. Yeah. That's so... And I'm not amused. Every time I do something good, like uh, go to the DMV, I treat myself with an ice cream sundae. And I work at the DMV, so it's a pretty good time. <laughs> adulting am i right like it's oh, a grim God. world man it's a grim world people are well, i think you hit the nail on the head it's a grim world you got to get through it any way you can <laughs> we've left people so unprepared for adulthood sometimes that it's just like little things like that like the fact that you have to gamify like making sure you take a shower just reminds me of it <laughs>
the rest of the answer, including that part, were all like perfect, perfectly like intelligent, actionable advice, and I I really like that answer. Hmm. All right, Paul, you ready for a third segment? I am ready for a third segment, and I'll introduce this segment by saying it was Adrian's idea, but he offloaded the work onto me because he's a he's a lazy, lazy little 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 boy. I'm an LLB. What can I say? <laughs> So I have a question for you, Adrian. Before you gave me the task of finding these, did you know that Mr. Clean fan fiction was such a common was such a common trend? No. Why would I ever know that? Why would I ever have Googled that? Like, because you're a dirty, dirty, to... dirty. <laughs> <laughs> why would I ever be like, as a child, Mr. Clean tickles my pickle in a way that I don't understand as a young boy? <laughs> And then look it up later on in life. No, that's ridiculous, Paul. Shut up. Who's even? <laughs> why would you even ask that question? All right, fair enough. I was just curious, but it is how it is. Okay, so to introduce, I mean, there's column, something attractive about a man that keeps the house clean, right? And he is pretty buff. And he, you know, he looks good and white. And, you know, do you think I could look like Mister Clean? If you were like Uncle Iroh and you were stuck in prison for <laughs> some extended period of time, you could probably get to Mister Clean shape. Okay, cool, cool, cool. That's all I wanted you to say. Mm. You know how venomous you were being earlier in the episode. I thought you were gonna take a. I thought you were gonna take a low shot, but thank you. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking about spring cleaning this episode. We've been, uh, we've been keeping it, we've been keeping it clean. So fresh and so clean. Ooh, that should be our outro song. I'm just so fresh, so clean. Um, and who, who, who keeps the world cleaner than our favorite superhero? Somebody we're all fans of, Mr. Clean from the commercials. And I think Adrian asked a question that resonated with me, which is, are there any Mr. Clean fan fictions? And then he followed it up with, are there any Mr. Clean fan fictions with other characters? And then I said, let me see if there is. That would be fun to read during the episode. So the idea here is that I found Mr. Cl- five Mr. Clean crossover fan fictions. And each one of these has a crossover with a famous character that Adrian will have to identify. In the context of the story, I will blank out the character's name and any incredibly revealing details will also be blanked out. Now, Adrian, do you have a name you would want me to replace the character's name with while I read through these Mr. Clean fan fictions? Bartholomew. That's a mouthful. Can you pick something shorter? <laughs> I know from previous podcasts that you struggle with that, but so that's what I picked. <laughs> you asshole. No, actually, replace it with your name. Replace it with Paul. Oh, okay. Okay. That'll be a fun time. Yeah. That way I can imagine you and Mr. Clean getting dirty. Okay, so this is uh, chapter one of a fan fiction written by Barbara. Barbara's back. And now I will reveal that this one, different than the others, Mr. Clean doesn't show up till later in the fan fiction. But I am reading chapter one, so you're going to actually just only meet the character that mm. that this is a crossover with well i hope i get to get some actual action later then if this is all i'm getting for this one it has been two hours 14 minutes and 26 27 28 29 you're getting sidetracked anyway that's how long it's been since you last cried usually you don't cry that much in a day okay let's be honest yeah you do you've been single your entire life and at this point it's starting to have an impact on your self-esteem the fact that no one has ever wanted to date you is really hitting you right in the feels. Wait, well, <laughs> what what are the rules for this? How many guesses do I get? When do I have to like, do I get points for how long it takes me to get it? Does it count when I make joke answers? I, I think 
I think you're probably going to get a lot of these. So okay. I'll, I'll say you get as many guesses as you want, and we're going to play this by the rule of, like, I, I'm expecting you to get most of these. Okay. Oh. You had tried everything you could possibly think of in order to get a boyfriend. You had used many different dating apps. You had tried asking out all of your friends' exes. You had tried asking out all of your friends. You had tried soliciting random men on the street. You had even tried humping deer in the woods in the hopes that someone would find it attractive. Yet, for some reason, no one has ever loved you. It was a cold February day as you walked down the busy streets of New York City. You were doing your best not to cry as you saw couple after couple snuggling and kissing. There's no reason for so many people to be rubbing their relationships in your face. It was just unfair. You walked past a man in some baggy clothes, chains, long brown hair, a long brown beard. You just brushed him off. That was until he started glowing, like literally glowing. You turned around and approached the man. No one else seemed to notice that this guy was legitimately glowing. You thought you had recognized the man before, and before you could get your thoughts under control, you blurted out, Paul? I don't really go by that name no more, dog. I go by Lil Jeezy now. Lil Jeezy, you asked, obviously confused. I mean, you had every right to be. You just met Paul, and he was going by a weird rapper name now? Yeah, yeah, brah. You got a problem with that? He spoke strangely. Definitely not like he was 2,000 years old. You wondered why he was there in the first place. Wasn't he supposed to be, like, uh, not around here or something? Uh, no, you stuttered a bit. I mean, who could blame you? You're literally speaking to Paul. Why are you even here? Oh, yeah, my pop sent me here to oh, restore wait, peace Oh, wait, so the person order. that they're talking to is Mr. Clean's partner or the person narrating? Uh, the person they're talking to is Mr. Which Clean's is Jesus. partner. Yes, you have okay. guessed it right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait, my, wait you have... my pop sent me here to restore peace and order within the people and spread his word or whatever. But I think it's so much more fun to do things I love. Like, I have recently discovered that I love rapping and BDSM. Dope for him, first of all. I'm glad he found himself. But also, you don't have any of the excerpts of him getting it on with Mr. Clean. <laughs> Okay, let's, uh, well, I don't have any of the excerpts, but let's move forward to Mr. Clean's introduction. Who writes these things, dude? That's, that's such an awesome world we live in, man. <laughs> so, little Dreezy drawled, <laughs> meet my four sugar daddies. On the far left is Hagrid, whom you met yesterday. Next to him is Dr. Phil, then Mr. Clean, and on the far right is Pickle Rick. That's Mr. Clean's introduction to the <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. The the Mount Rushmore of things I want to fuck. I think that's I think that's what it's supposed to be comedic. I'm not gonna lie to you, but it, it would be funny to think somebody wrote this earnestly. That's so awesome. Who knows, man? Um I'm not gonna read any of the love scenes. That's for the audience to find. I've left enough clues for you, dirty dirty dogs. <laughs> we'll put links in the description. Uh, audience, see if you can guess these before I can, because um, I'm really trying to make sure I have educated guesses, so you probably will, but give it a crack. See how you do. Okay. This one was written by Nico Girl. Ooh, ooh. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Senpai. That was me and Adrian adding stuff on. The name was just Nico Girl. Ooh. <laughs> In case you're trying to look it up. <laughs> um. This was when Paul was still a young, aspiring chef who was just trying to grow his business. He tried to resist the temptation, but in a moment of blind greed and a need for success, he took the bait. 
as Paul took the bait, he had completely forgotten about the day Hammond Clean had even had an oath it's never Chef to Boyardee. <laughs> had it is not had never had an oath never to leave each other. It occurred to Mister Veritably Clean that promise would never be broken. They gave him a his first, first name. name. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was Paul forgot all about Clean at the time, and the result left him heartbroken. With a heavy heart, Clean returned home from the restaurant their date was at. As he returned home, he saw Paul getting out of a car with a strange man. Hiding in the nearest bushes, Clean watched their interactions. Paul and the man were laughing when the man handed Paul a piece of paper. Taking the paper, he looked back up. The man suddenly leaned in and gave Paul a peck on the lip, then got in his car and drove away, leaving both Paul and Clean dumbfounded. How, now we're moving on to chapter three because chapter three, two didn't give you enough clues. How could Harlan do this to veritably? He, he felt as if he would just collapse. The pain of betrayal burned him in his heart. Paul never thought this would hurt Clean so bad. They forgot about true love. The man who later was told to be Mr. Paul's gay stepbrother that was trying to get back out there, Ronald McDonald. Mr. Clean knew it not to be so. He believed Paul had hurt him and he couldn't trust him anymore. I I I think I may have lost the thread. <laughs> I also don't. I can't tell if I'm just a little tipsy reading this or if that made no sense. <laughs> but I think I got lost one in the, or the other. I got lost in the first chapter whenever three people came into it because I thought it was still just clean and his partner, and then someone did something to both of them, and that's when I got lost. Because I was like, oh, I didn't, I did not follow that very well. Um, anyway, I think your biggest clue is definitely that. Is it the Paul Burger King? No, uh, it is Colonel Sanders. Okay, yeah, all right. And I d is Harland Colonel Sanders' first name? Is oh, he that is his actual name. Yeah, I that would have that. that should have been the tip off. <sighs> You're right. His name should have gotten me to who he was. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said Paul there. That one was tricky because there was two names. Paul, did you not even watch the uh, Colonel Sanders romantic dramedy with Mario Lopez? I did not. Well, then you'd know that he's named Harland. All right. So this next character, during my inspections of uh, fan fiction, I did not know he was so popular in fan fiction stories. And he definitely is. And it's hilarious and awesome. Paul, when are you getting to the full penetration? Because so far you're just giving me these like background scenarios. I want to be able to guess a character based on his fuck style. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, this isn't dirty enough for you. This is Paul's point of view. Hmm, I wonder how everyone's going to be like this year. Paul thought to himself as he got off the bus. His lengthy feet hit the ground. He spotted something. No someone. What was that? Oh, Bigfoot. <laughs> nope. It shines so bright it could blind you. Soon enough, the clouds covered the sun, make making this man less blinding. How could anyone be so clean? Paul stared at the shiny man aimlessly wandering around as if he didn't know his way around here. Lucky for me, I showed up at the open house, Paul thought, smirking. I loosened the straps on my bag and walked to him. I held out my hand. The name's Paul. Yours? I said, waiting for a reply. The sparkly man held out a finger and then digging in his bag. I stood in awe for how a man could be so clean. He then took out a wet wipe and grabbed my hand, scrubbing it violently. I didn't know what to do, so I stood there, a nervous grin forming on my face. Once my hands were squeaky clean, the man walked to a can and threw away the wipes, then returned with a grin. If the sun was out, it would blind you. 
I'm Mr. Clean, but you, sir, can call me whatever you like, he said in a seductive tone. I pulled up my bag, as I do when I'm nervous or uncomfortable. If we shared any classes, this year would be unbearable. <laughs> They're at university together. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to lie to you. I actually think there's no way you're going to guess who this is. The one clue was that you said something about his big feet getting onto the ground or... Yeah, yeah, lengthy feet. Lengthy feet. Is it Goofy? No. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just to, I, I don't like how this was pitched as Adrian. You're going to get all of these. I apologize. You're right. This one was harder. This was President Barack Obama. That is... Okay. <laughs> Personally, so wait, this, is, this is him going back to college in an extremely goofy movie. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Can we just very quickly look up Barack Obama's shoe size? Because I, I I, think he's, like, rocking, like, a size 10, isn't he? I'm sure he has big feet. That's why he's so good on the basketball court. Oh, well, size 12s. Damn. All right. Paul was at home watching some onion cooking shows when there was a commercial break. There he was, the love of Paul's life, on the TV screen. Paul's mouth hung open as he stared awe at the man, his shiny head, his white pants, and shit, his muscles were all Paul could think about. Was that it? Yep. Is that the onion or is it just onion cooking shows? Onion cooking shows. <laughs> cooking shows revolving around just cooking with onions. Is it Shia LaBeouf's character from Holes? It is Shrek. So close. <laughs> ah, okay. Shrek eats a lot more than onions, canonically. Are you going to take this up with the writers of fan fiction? Are you going to go to Wattpad and yell at them for not getting the essence of these characters right? I am, yeah. Because if you're going to write these spec scripts, just in the same way that you did Andres Dirty, uh, <laughs> these people are doing canonically well-explained characters, uh, Dirty. Yeah, yeah, like Obama, that well, that well established fictional character, Barack Obama. Hey, y'all. So the next story uh, that would have been right here, I was about to tell Adrian the next Mister Clean fan fiction. You're not gonna hear. It's on me. It's because I honestly didn't screen the story as completely, and halfway through, it got way darker and way crazier than I expected. Uh, I should have screened the entire stories. But it got buck fucking wild. Uh, check out Mr. Clean fan fiction of your freaking dirty dogs. No, I, I'm not having that on my podcast. Nuh-uh. But uh, so I'm cutting that out. I think that's better than putting a bunch of trigger warnings here. Uh, you're welcome. I think we're all better off having it this way than you guys having to hear me read that story. I, I honestly think we should cut that last one. I did not realize how gross it was. That was making me unhappy. Keep it in. This game is rigged. I'm going to keep it in to show people how rigged this game is. <laughs> that was too much. Um, no, all right. Uh, big fact, no cap, Paul Raps. Yep, let's do it. Big fact. Uh, before you bring a Mr. Clean fanfic on your podcast, read through the whole thing to make sure it's not a weird snuff story. All right, and my no cap, WWTWD. Whenever you're in a weird landlord situation, what would the workaholics do? Oh. Hey, no.